Hey everybody, welcome to another Agile Games podcast. I am here with my co-host Laura Powers. Hey y'all. And we have a guest this week. We've got John Eisenschmidt with us. Did I get that pretty close, John? You did, Paul. All right. John is an Agile coach and consultant here in San Diego. He works primarily inside of companies looking to build high-performance teams. What do you like to do in your spare time? Oh, my God, what is that? Um, <laughs> wow, it's a great question, Paul. Is you know For those of us that are busy consultants, is there a whole lot outside of work? Um, there probably needs to be more. Yeah, I, I have a chocolate lab, so you know, spending time with the dog at the dog park or the beach is fun. But living in San Diego, there's so many great opportunities to just go outside and enjoy the nice weather and look at the sunset. So not to taunt anybody who's listening to this someplace where the weather isn't perfect 350 days a year, but I've only been here for about three and a half years and I just really enjoy getting out and getting on my bike or doing anything that I can to enjoy that. Now, now you're back down here in San Diego, right? I think you were up in Orange County for a little while. Exactly right. Yeah. So I was down here for about two and a half years. I moved up to Orange County for a year to do some on-site coaching work with a client and just started working with a different client back in San Diego. So I just relocated back here in the last month. So yeah, that notion of like, what's your free time? It's, well, let's see, changing jobs, moving again, <laughs> uh, a couple things get in the way, right? But you, know, you got to make time for it, especially when there's so many opportunities to get out and do fun things. So next up will be Northern California. <laughs> you can start lobbying for that. There you go. <laughs> So you're involved in a lot of things outside of just coaching and consulting. I know that you do the Agile Coaching Exchange, also known as ACE. You're mm -hmm. one of the founders of that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And uh, we should definitely give a hat tip here to your co-host, Laura, who's our new co-organizer for ACE in Silicon Valley. You know, just to be sort of specific here, Alicia McLean, who's the co-organizer here in SoCal, I give her the founder credit. We had a conversation about a need for, as Agile coaches, having a community where we could get together and talk about developing our skills and things that are specific to our industry and what we go through professionally. So we had a good conversation about that. And then Alicia went to London and went to an ACE London meeting and met with Helen Meeks and a bunch of people over there that have been super helpful and gave us resources to get started. So I like to give Alicia the credit as the founder for ACE in North America, and I'm happy to just be the co-organizer for ACE SoCal and the co-organizer for the new ACE Online that's meeting monthly also. So um, yeah, but we've got communities in Southern California, Silicon Valley, Atlanta, Middle Tennessee. Uh, we have an online one now. We have a couple other ones that are probably coming online here in Texas and Midwest soon. So we're, we're excited about that. It's just there's so many great Agile communities in the various cities, Agile meetups, where people get together and talk about Agile. But really, as coaches, having a place where we can come in and talk about what are the skills we need? How do we deal with clients? How do we continue to develop professionally? I just think it's really important. How do you see Agile games fitting with what a coach does? Paul and I both talk a lot about games to teach from a training perspective, but how do you see games as a coach? Great question, Laura. So I think in general, and, and you're a better advocate for this than I think I am, but I think play is really important, particularly in the work world. I think in general, in Western culture, we're raised from the time we're little to be problem solvers. We sort of prune out the play and the, some of the creative thinking. And I just think that bringing play back into the workplace 
lights up new neurons in the brain, gives us different ways to look at and solve problems, which is great. Why I'm so excited to be with the two of you is I love the ACE connection with you. And Paul is somebody who comes to our ACE meetings in SoCal, and I love spending time with him. But I was fortunate to attend his serious play facilitator certification training a couple months ago. I think that was May, right, Paul, or early June? Yep, early June. So one of the things we do in the Agile Coaching Exchange is we spend a couple minutes in every meeting and we just refresh ourselves of the Agile Coaching Institute's coaching competency framework that they use. And we like to say it's not the one true model, but it's a very useful model for conversation. So as a way of answering your question, they talk about teaching, mentoring, facilitation, and professional coaching as being four essential skills that Agile coaches have to have. And I think leadership goes in there and there's a couple others, but having improv and all the the kinds of agile games we know anyway, and serious play as an example of facilitation skills as a way to come in, introduce a concept, step away from a problem, use our creative thinking, um, I, I just think is a very important and very useful tool for agile coaches. So I think it could probably fit in all of the wedges, but I know for myself, when I did a self-assessment last year, I said, you know, I, there's really a lot of things I could do to build my skill set in facilitation over the next couple of years. And when Paul started offering his uh, serious play facilitator certification training, that was uh, an opportunity for me to say, let me go build my skills in the facilitator wedge. And it's exciting. It's just another different tool to have in our toolbox. And I think that games and play goes with that. I think good agile coaches in general have a variety of tools in their toolbox. So I, I hope that scratched the surface of your question. It's a great one. <laughs> Yeah, you could almost write a book about it, hmm, Paul. <laughs> yep, we need to get working on that. Well, thanks for those kind words. We really enjoyed having you in it. You were one of the bright spots of it once you got healthy. You were a little sick there that first day, but we really enjoyed having you in that class, and, and I hope you're getting a chance to use some of that. But something that happened at the same time as that class, it was an ACE meeting that you and one of the other participants in the class actually presented. And I believe you're presenting the same topic at Agile 2017 here in a few days. Can you walk us a little bit through what that topic is? Yeah, uh, thanks for that. So Sean Bookoff, who I actually met in my professional coach trainings, not to get into my whole resume, right, but I have a project management background and I was doing my own sort of leadership development at the same time. And Sean and I met in 2010 in a professional coaching program and we've done some additional training and certification together. He's based in Boston and we've been collaborating over the years on different topics. And so one that we both get a lot of resonance around as a topic and specifically for agile coaches and agile practitioners is appreciative inquiry and that whole model of using dialogue and conversation. It's not just looking at glasses half full, right? But there's a whole foundation in there about that the, the process of inquiry, the, the conversation and the dialogue around a specific topic will help you sort of generate new ideas and and move to new conclusions. And so the talk that we were very grateful to have ACE as a place to pilot it in June, and we've done some revision on senses, an appreciative agile mindset. So really as an agile coach or as an agile practitioner, using appreciative inquiry as a framework and that perspective of fundamentally, there's a lot here that is working or we wouldn't be here. This terribly screwed up company that we're in would not be in business if many things were not working well. Let's figure out what those are. And then let's certainly bring in our Western culture, education, training of problem solving. And we need to look at that too, but make sure that we don't throw out the proverbial baby with the bathwater. So that was the talk that we did. Sean came out here and piloted, which was great. But I'm guessing that the place you're going, if I'm not jumping ahead, is 
one of the things that we brought up in there that I really like that I'm starting to use a little more in my work is this idea of lateral thinking and puzzles to uh, really take people who are stuck in a certain thought process or this is the way things are, this is how we do things, and invite them to step out of that and go through some different puzzles and exercises to think differently as a way to then step back into their work world and say, how do we reexamine things? We want to keep what's working. We want to change the things that aren't working, but not just be stuck in this place of, well, uh, you know, we've always done it this way, so we have to keep doing it that way. Oh, that sounds awesome. Because I think part of what we're finding these days when we go in and coach is there's very few companies who are really greenfields. They are already doing some kind of flavor of agile and helping them get unstuck in places that aren't serving them anymore. And to try on something new is huge. And I can see this lateral thinking approach would be really useful for that. Can you tell us a little bit more about how it works? It's a great question, Laura. So, and I appreciate the reflection. I don't know that I can sit here and tell you this is the way you should do it or here's a prescription. But what I'm noticing in my coaching is another point of reference here is that generally in the type of agile coaching I'm doing, I do a lot of work with the teams and I'm, I'm more on the technical side, but we're always coaching the leadership too and the engagements that I'm on. I just don't feel like you can have an effective transformation if you're not working with the leadership and the teams simultaneously. More often, it, it certainly happens in the teams, but more often at the leadership level as we're working with them, just sort of noticing and observing these patterns of, uh, you know, I'm seeing something here that's an impediment. I'm seeing something that's not getting us the result that we want. In a traditional professional coaching model, you're giving the client that feedback of, I'm seeing this thing. And when this happens, this is the behavior or the action or the result and reflecting that back to them over and over again. But what you're starting from a place of, I see a stuck, you're stuck on something. And then very often people will want to go into problem solving or solutioning around that. And my experience is it's, it's not that the solution isn't in the room, but the thought process that got them to the stuck is not going to get them out of the stuck. And so running an activity is not very different from what Paul saw in this talk that we did, but we'll just throw out some lateral thinking puzzles. It's just starting from, you know, let's step away from the problem for a minute and let's put some word puzzles up on the screen or send them through email or just getting people starting to think out of that pattern. So one of them, for example, is this is not as easy to do on a podcast, right, as it is visually. But, <laughs> no. you know, an easy one as an example is one of the puzzles we put on the screen is very easy one. The word take and then the word take and they're on top of each other. So some people, you know, take two, double take, there's different interpretations you get from that. And then not to give away the whole presentation, right? There's a, I'll give you a reference to, but there's a whole book of these that are just super, but starting really easy, getting people thinking that way, and then going through a progression of them and seeing just how, you know, these aren't uh, intelligence tests. These aren't Mensa questions, right? It's, you're not looking for the smartest person in the room, but really just using this as an activity to observe the behavior of this is fun. This is not work. What are people seeing? And really, how stuck are they? How creative are they? Where does their thought process take them? What kinds of answers do they get? When you give them the, quote, correct answer, how do they respond? All the, all the things we do as Agile coaches, right? What is the safety in the room? How is the communication? How is the power balance? 
And then just using that as another coaching technique in your toolkit to try to understand how does this group of people norm together? How do they work together? How do they problem solve? How do they look at a challenge and take it and deal with it? It's a pretty simple set of exercises, but see a stuck and then let's step out of it for 10 minutes and let's try this and see what happens. And then you get some data about the people and how they deal with that. And then whether it makes sense to work with them individually, one-on-one or in small groups, back on the problem and, and see how that might generate some new solutions. That's really cool, John, because what I think often happens is the group has this common shared experience that has nothing to do with their work, with their features, the stories that they're working on right now. But how you do anything is how you do everything. And it gives you a frame of reference that's shared around the room. And sometimes then when they're back stuck in real work life, Someone will say, hey, this is just like when we were with John and we were playing that game. And somehow or another, that triggers some light bulbs every once in a while. And there's an aha, I would think. Yeah, no, that's it's, it's a great point. The, you know, the other thing I guess I'll say is, and I have a lot of admiration, I've seen both you and Paul lead sessions and in, in bringing in improv and other things. And I feel like sometimes the work environments I'm in are a little stodgier and I should be a little braver about, hey, let's do an improv exercise or some other type of game. But what I like about this, for example, is it's a couple things. One is it's not I don't have to veil it as a game or a separate activity. You can have a couple backup PowerPoint slides that you're hanging on to for that occasion and just sort of shift gears for a couple minutes if people are in a stuck place. To your other point, in the other sorts of leadership work that I've done and been in and immersion programs and offsites and all these activities you can do, a lot of those are constructed to observe the team norms and behaviors, and then hopefully get them, you're trying to generate new behavior, but there's a lot of it where you're just observing the behavior. And without trying to turn an office full of people that are actually doing their job into some kind of lab experiment, what I love about this game approach is I can take five minutes out of a meeting and we can do an activity that's fun, but it's almost, it's a small slice of what I would get in like a half day offsite retreat where I said, hey, all of you go run an obstacle course or some other thing that I've seen done or had to do in a leadership experiment. It's not the whole thing, but it gives you you're out of context, it gives you enough to work with where you try to get an understanding of, okay, there's a person in the room who thinks they have all the answers and they're dominating the conversation. Now I can coach around that. Or I have somebody else over here who is a little quieter and reflective and needs time to process before they bring the ideas to the table. So how can I facilitate for that? Yeah, it's something that Laura and I have talked about previously, and we keep threatening to do a podcast on, and that's the debrief. And that's kind of what it sounds like you're talking about here is that You know, the activity is one thing, and yeah, it's nice, but it's what you get out of the activity, what you observe, what happens in the debrief, where the real meat is. Yeah, it's a great point, Paul. (laughs) So for any of our listeners out there who may have their headphones on as they're flying out to Orlando to attend the Agile 2017 conference, what's the name of the talk again that they can look for? Oh, thanks for that. The talk that Sean and I are doing is called An Appreciative Agile Mindset. And I'm sure we'll be, like many others, posting on LinkedIn and tweeting with the hashtag with our little I'm talking at Agile 2017 graphic. But An Appreciative Agile Mindset is the name of the topic. And when are you going to be running the session? Thursday afternoon. I believe the time slot's 3.45 p.m. It's in that three o'clock hour somewhere. We'll try to get this up by Monday at the latest so that people uh, on their airplane ride can listen to this and come out and see you. 
Oh, appreciate that. Yeah. And hopefully anybody who's in any of the cities where we have an agile coaching exchange, by all means, are welcome to visit that website or we'll have the Twitter handle at Agile Coaching X ribbons for our badges that we have made that we'll be wearing. So if anybody's interested in uh, an agile coaching community, by all means, please grab one of us. Nice. I was wondering if John wanted to share the name of the book that he referenced. Thanks for reminding me. Nikki Katz, the Everything Lateral Thinking Puzzles book is one of them, which is great. There's another one, Michael McAlco. And it actually, it's like Michael Michael with a KO on the last name. And the book is called Thinker Toys, one word, a handbook of creative thinking techniques. Those are both great resources that we reference in this talk. It's just a great big book of puzzles to flip through and pull them out. So if you don't want to have backup PowerPoints handy for the kind of thing I was describing, uh, the book is just a great resource to have also. That sounds great. I think that this approach also, I think, John, is a really great way to introduce yourself as a coach to a new team and possibly not freak them out with some of the improv games or something that might seem to be a little bit more over the top because it's such a logical progression. People who do technical work, developers, engineers, I think gravitate towards that problem solving like you were saying. So leading with these lateral games, these puzzles, I think it's just a natural segue from life as usual into a different way of thinking, I guess. That's pretty cool. Oh, I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way, Laura, but I really, I, I love the way that you framed that. Yeah, I think that, you know, in the same way that we want to take an appreciative approach to the company we're in or the group we're in or whatever, whatever we're coaching, right, we're taking something good and making it better. Yeah, this is an approach to all of these, you know, engineers and technical people and problem solvers we work with anyway, you're meeting them there where they're at in their problem solving thought process, but having a different set of activities and a different way to look at things that maybe they haven't done before that are, not, it's not just Sudoku or a crossword puzzle or something that you can, you know, take some mix of sort of intelligence and time and brute force to get through. It's just requires you to look at it and change the way that you're thinking about it. Hey, Laura, why don't we turn the table on you real quick? I think you're giving a couple talks at Agile 2017, aren't you? I have two talks at Agile 2017. Thank you for asking. So on Wednesday morning, I am doing uh, the Power of Play talk again. And I got confirmation from the nice folks at UPS that the Lego have arrived. Yay. Yay. Be talking about play personalities and people will be investigating the play personalities and then talking about on a team, what does that mean? And how can you design activities for your agile team that support and promote that kind of play? And then on Thursday morning, I'm talking about co-creating agile climates with teams. So we all have been talking for some time now about culture. And I went to a talk last year outside of the agile community where an author was speaking about climates on teams. And this is something that's more at the team level rather than the corporation. And it is a message of empowerment. So it's something that I'm very passionate about because I think there's a lot of teams out there who are looking at corporate cultures kind of wondering how are we going to scale this beast and climate as an opportunity to look a little bit closer and to design something that works for your group. So I got two talks and lots of talks to go to. Oh my gracious. Well, I'm very jealous of both of you. I'm not going to be able to make any of those because I won't be at Agile 2017. I wish I could come out with you, but can you sneak me in your suitcase or maybe you should have shipped me with the Lego? (laughs) Yeah, I think you would have been a happy man to ship you with the Lego. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, be teaching another one of those classes that we were talking about earlier with John on August 22nd, but that's, that's going to be it for me. Well, everybody who is anywhere near the sound of your voice should. Uh, Sean was willing to fly across the country for that. And I don't want to speak for him, but I, I know he enjoyed it just as much as I did. I just found it just a very useful couple days of understanding the serious play process and the psychology and how to structure activities and work with your teams. And it was uh, everything that I had hoped for of, um, you know, I've seen the small like an hour talk or an hour and a half talk that you've done in the past, but that notion that you can continue to do activities and builds and build on the the foundations and the learning and help to move a team or a group of people forward and many variety of topics that you work on. It was just, it was phenomenally useful, helpful, great use of my time. So anybody who can hear the sound of your voice, Paul, should sign up for your next one and show up in person. Awesome. And next time I see you in person, I apparently I owe you $5. <laughs> I'll take a, I'll take a duck build kit. How's that? I'll take six bricks. <laughs> well, thanks so much, John, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Talking to us about lateral thinking and some of the puzzles. It was a real pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for the invitation. I've been a big fan. I didn't say that to be a longtime listener, first time caller. So I uh, really <laughs> appreciate the uh, invitation from you and Laura. Love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Yay. Well, we really enjoyed it, John. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we have you on. So we will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you later. Bye.